The scripture reading today, the first scripture is Matthew 15, verses 29 through 39. After Jesus had left Tyre and Sidon, he went by the Sea of Galilee, and he went up the mountain, sitting down there. Great crowds came to him, bringing with them disabled, blind, and mute people, and people missing body parts, along with many others. Then they put him at his then they put them at his feet, and he healed them, so that the crowd was amazed when they saw mute people speaking, people missing body parts made whole, disabled people walking, and blind people seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for the crowd because they have stayed with me for three days now and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry for they might collapse on the road. The disciples said to him, where are we to get so much bread in the desert so as to feed so great a crowd? And Jesus asked them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few small fish. Then, ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds, and all of them ate and were filled. And they took up the abundance of fragments, seven baskets full. And those who ate were women and children, besides 4,000 men. Then sending away the crowds, he got into the boat and went to the region of Magadan. The second reading is Acts chapter 2, verses 43 to 47. Awe came upon everyone, because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. And all who believed were as one and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Daily, they continued with the same purpose in the temple. They broke bread at home and ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. They praised God and had the gratitude of all the people. And day by day, the Holy One added to their number those who were being saved. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Uh, turn now to number 387 in your songbook.
May it be so. May they indeed know that we are Jesus followers by our love. As I unmask at the pulpit, I just want to share with all of you, I have indeed now, after two weeks, received several negative tests. So I am on the other side. I pray that we all, as we have our bouts with COVID, find our way as quickly and as painlessly to the other side as possible. Thank you for your prayers and your um, nice messages and good wishes and your patience in the last couple of weeks. Matthew's story of the feeding of the multitude. We know these things. We know from Matthew that great crowds came to Jesus. We know from Matthew that Jesus healed them, the people in these great crowds that came to him. We know from Matthew that they stayed there for three full days. And we know from Matthew that Jesus had compassion on them, the humans in this crowd that came to him. We know from Matthew that Jesus helps the disciples to ensure that all are fed, on the third day. Indeed, all are filled, Matthew tells us, and abundance is left over. Now, a couple things that I notice when I read Matthew's version of this familiar story is that there's no mention of teaching. In some way, that's strange, for it's Matthew who gives us three full chapters. I mean, obviously, Matthew didn't write the chapters. We put those in later. But a lot of text of Jesus teaching what we now call the Sermon on the Mount. But in this story, though, three days together, there's no mention of teaching, only healing. And it is three full days. We also, I see in this story, I notice that there are a lot of specifics about disabilities and disabilities that are cured. And these stories, the telling of the curing of disabilities reflects the cultural assumptions of that day and frankly, our day, that disabilities are things to be fixed. So I noticed that in the story and it's been tough to know how to deal with that in the story and in fact 
great harm has been um, inflicted on folks with disabilities by the church, by faith communities that have tried to impose this as a standard. But I bet that all of us, certainly most of us, probably all of us know from our own experience, even those of us who are temporarily able-bodied, which is all any of us ever are, temporarily able-bodied. I bet all of us know from our own experience that healing is far more complex than curing. And sometimes the healing that we most need is not at all visible to the human eye. Sometimes the healing that we most need is not what folks around us might assume we need to be healed from. On the inside, our longing for healing might look very different from what is observable with the human eye and what is assumed by those around us. Which makes me wonder, makes me wonder if the healing that Jesus offered in this story told to us by Matthew was three leisurely days on the mountain simply being together. What if that was part of the healing? Great crowds of people, humans, bringing their whole selves, and then experiencing enough time and spaciousness to truly encounter one another, to maybe even start to tell the truth of the healing that they need, to tell the truth of the healing that they long for, to tell the truth of the healing that wasn't visible to the human eye, but held deep within. Perhaps part of the healing was finding in the sharing of lives and the sharing of food, which became a feast with abundance left over. Perhaps part of the healing was finding healing in all of that shared life and shared feasting, finding the healing for whatever was deeper, healing for loneliness, the healing for isolation, the healing from not being able to tell the truth about what you longed for. And that wondering about this great crowd for three long days on the mountain with Jesus finding healing, that brings me to Acts, the story of Acts that we heard from Pat this morning, in which we're told that the Holy One added to their number those being saved. So now we again have a crowd, a group, a gathering, a community, and people being added to it. So more and more humans coming around one another, and the Holy One adding to their number those who were being saved. And as Pete already gave us the heads up, that makes me wonder, saved from what? What are they being saved from? And, or, what are they being saved to? What are these humans being saved for? Just as healing is often reduced to curing in the way that we talk about it. Sometimes we talk about healing as a simple cure or a fix. 
Sometimes it's reduced to that when we all know that healing is much more complex than that. So too is salvation or saving often reduced to salvation from eternal damnation. It's a question of where our souls are going to live for eternity. And the question of salvation is reduced to that question, right? But again, I think that most of us probably know from our own experience, I sure do, that the saving we most need is more real than that. It's more daily. When I think about the things I need to be saved from, there's a gritty, earthy, real dailiness about the things I need to be saved from. And just like those three days together on the mountain that Matthew tells us about, that Jesus shared with the crowd, so Acts tells us a story of being together, not just for three days, not just for five or seven or 365, but being together for even longer, sharing life in a real way, sharing resources, sharing money, sharing food, share spending enough time with one another to really know one another's needs not assuming what another's needs are but honoring the truth of what they share of their own needs and somehow miraculously the story of acts tells us that they were able to meet one another's needs in the sharing of life and food and money and resources together and it feels idealistic. It feels altogether unrealistic to think that a community could share all of its resources and meet all of its needs. Doesn't that sound pie in the sky? <laughs> Ooh, pie in the sky, that sounds delicious now that I think about it. Feels completely unrealistic, but it is still somehow what I believe Jesus Way communities, like ours, Seattle Mennonite Church right here in this room, seeking to find out what the Jesus way is and live it together. I still think somehow it's what we're called to. Somehow. Holding that it feels completely unrealistic and that that can sometimes block us or impede us from acting because it feels so unattainable. We have to somehow hold that along with somehow we're called to share life and resources and food and money and everything together seeking to be a community who shares life. Somehow we're called to be a community that breaks enough bread with one another, whether that's metaphorical breaking of bread or literal breaking of bread, to share enough bread with one another that we get beyond what is just visible to each of us in the human eye, that we get beyond what we might assume of another person sitting next to us, that we can get ourselves to the truth telling of the deep healing that we seek and the wholeness that each of us longs for. And maybe then even over time, over time, days that give way to weeks, that give way to months, that give way to years of sharing life together and breaking bread together, that we might find that over time, we are in fact being healed by the company we keep. Amen? <laughs> we might find that we are healed at potluck tables 
even as we might spread viruses. We might find that we are being healed in Sunday school classrooms. We might find that we are being healed over evening Bible studies or at book groups or at men's groups or while Sabbath hiking with one another. We might find that we are being healed around a campfire or marching in the streets or playing at a park. We might find that by the company we keep, we are being healed through the shared work of a council or a leadership team showing up every month to do some work with one another, hard work sometimes, tough discernment sometimes. We might find that we are being healed as we serve coffee or are served coffee, as we slow our pace enough to share stories, the radical act of storytelling. We might find that we are being healed as we chill out at a graduate open house or a birthday party and just hang. We might find that we are healed as we make chalk drawings in the courtyard or travel to Camp Camrick or the Mennonite Country Auction or Menocon together. And I have to say, you know, in some ways, this kind of salvation this kind of healing. In some ways, the stakes don't seem nearly as high as they did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, salvation was about saving me from eternal damnation. And I had to say the right words and bring Jesus into my heart. And, and then I was saved. And it was sort of a once and done, even though you still had to live as though you were saved. There were still these expectations of how you lived, even though salvation was kind of once and done. And in some ways, could their stakes ever be any higher than eternal damnation or eternal reward in heaven? But in other ways, in other ways, the stakes are so much higher for that gritty, earthy, daily salvation that I know I need. Jesus does save. The Jesus way, the way of Jesus, saves. Belonging in a community that is seeking to embody the Jesus way together, saves. I am saved by Jesus and by the Jesus way and by belonging in this community that's seeking together to understand and live the Jesus way. I am saved. And at this point, as I bring closure to the sermon, I promised myself, even though I've of course thought about it and even written about it, to just try to tap into what is really true to me in this moment and in this room with all of you. What am I being saved from? And what am I being saved to? So one of the things I am saved from by Jesus and by the Jesus way and by this Jesus way community. I am saved from just, um, let's say, tuning out the bad news of the world, just trying to not hear it because it's so overwhelming or numbing out from it or despairing of it. Um, feeling stuck or immobilized. I am saved from that. And that's not to say that I don't ever do those things. I absolutely do. I avoid it. I numb out. I, <laughs> I do all those things, right? Um, but I, that's why it's daily, right? That's why the salvation is daily. 
and I am saved too with all of you. Actually hearing it. At least once a week in our prayers, if not more. At least hearing some of the suffering and the sorrow of this world and knowing that I don't hold it alone and knowing that there are so many ways to respond, knowing that praying for a just peace, longing for a just peace is sacred and praying for a just peace is sacred and choosing to live for a just peace is sacred. So I'm saved to, um, to holding it with all of you. Truth-telling, I suppose, is part of that. I am saved from isolation, which I, I already mentioned, so that comes to mind for me. I'm saved from isolation. If I weren't here in this room right at this moment this morning, I'd probably be reading that great River Solomon book that I'm reading right now called The Deep. <laughs> or maybe I'd be on a hike. Um, also, both wonderful activities, nothing at all wrong with them imperative for my own well-being. But I know that's the easy path for me, right, is to choose the books and the mountains. <laughs> so I am saved from, from just a spiraling out in isolation and saved to this. I'm saved to coming together in a room um, with beloveds of God, with fellow humans that I seek to share life with. I seek to understand the Jesus way with. I am saved to community and kinship. What else am I saved from? Oh, saved from, oh, I need to be saved from this daily. Um, consumerism, <laughs> capitalism. <laughs> oh, the lies that we need more, more, more. This makes me think of Sarah Augustine reminding us that we are, um, uh, the thing that I'm trying to internalize from Sarah, that, that we are in a closed system of mutual dependence. So I'm saved from, and again, I need to be saved daily, from capitalism, consumerism, the more, 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 the accumulation, and saved to truth-telling about our dependence on one another, truth-telling about this world being a closed system, I am saved to together proclaiming the liberation in that. So not just the loss, right? This is not about scarcity. I am, I am saved to proclaiming liberation and abundance, even abundance left over. Abundance left over. Well, that's good. From that Matthew story, I am saved to abundance left over. So I'm saved from myself. And I'm saved to y'all. I think that's it for today. There's a lot more, but we're going to make lists together. Thank you for being my Jesus way, seeking community, wherein we can find that we are indeed saved. Amen, and may it be so.